At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Analog Talk. I am Eric Wallstrom. I'm Chris Bartolucci. And I'm Tim Ditzler. And today we are going to talk about film. So for our very first episode, I wanted to kind of delve into this recent resurgence of film, you know, whether or not it's real, uh, what, you know, what it means, if anything, and and where it could lead in the future. Does that sound good, guys? Sounds good to me. It's my favorite. (laughs) Same here. So one of the biggest aspects of this kind of new film resurgence is this kind of uprising of new companies developing film and uh, film-related, you know, camera equipment and, and film stocks. So like companies like Ferrania, the Intrepid Camera, the Impossible Project. Uh, how familiar are you guys with those companies, and and uh, what take on them, if any, do you have? So I just uh, recently got into Ferrania per your suggestion, Eric, and just those two guys alone, like. Man, that their factory in Italy, I want to go there as soon as possible <laughs> and just like take a tour of what they got going on over there. Um, it's super exciting to, to think that like the community is big enough that people want what they want and people are willing to, you know, put the time and the effort and the money and the Kickstarter to get film back up and running for everybody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think it's exciting. I'm not... 100% certain what the overall quality of the the film is going to be. I know that, you know, they're they're releasing that black and white one and then they're going to be moving to like a slide film, which from my understanding is sort of like a consumer grade slide film. Yeah. But I'm excited, you know, any opportunity to shoot slide film, no matter what it is, especially if it's a little more affordable, would be really really welcome. Timothy, what do you think? Well, I was looking at their website just the other day and um it looks like they are completely backed up right now, so that seems like a good thing. I mean, they're on like a... It looks like they're doing like a chunk of pre-orders and then opening it back up again. So it's like they'll do some and then they'll close and then they'll do a little more and then they'll close. And I think that's just with the P30 because I don't think the slide film's out yet, right? I'm not sure. No, it, it's not. No, it's just the black and white and I actually missed out on that initial... I know, same here. Wave of black and white, yeah. But it looks awesome. I mean, from what they were saying and what I saw, um, I guess there was a little bit of an issue with it. There was some scratching that they had from the machines. I'm not exactly sure what the problem was exactly, but they're saying as they're getting further through the alpha roll that 
that I guess the problem's kind of going away. So that's pretty good. Well, they've had no, nothing but issues yeah. <laughs> to yeah. this yeah. point. Didn't they, they say that they were like buying back pieces of the of the um, equipment to make this film, yeah. which I think is is crazy. Well, it's been wild. I mean, if you follow through their blog, I mean, this is much later than it was supposed to happen. And if you go through and follow this back to the beginning, um, they have had, you know, sort of the, the you know, what can go wrong will go wrong, where it, it, I think everything from having like asbestos problems to machinery <laughs> yeah. that didn't function like it was supposed to, to, and, and one of the weirdest things was like people getting mad. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was, I was reading that today they just po- they posted like a you know a nice thing saying hey we're still here we're, we're just running into issues like thanks for your patience and people are like what the heck where's our film it's like this is an easy process guys like give them a break no it's it's like a monumental process and they've persevered through i mean how many excuses would there have been to just pack it in i know exactly i think that's the you know i'll wait as long as i have to wait for people that are passionate about bringing the craft and the art back to life like take your time make sure it's right don't push something out that's not going to be good and then you know the backers are going to be even more mad you know what i mean yeah absolutely 100 percent. i guess you know speaking of being angry with the final product and you know um not necessarily satisfied with everything how much experience do you guys have with uh impossible project because i know there's been some question about how it stacks up to polaroid and with the recent kind of uh whatever it was acquisition or um whatever that was there whatever they did with polaroid there um i'm curious because i've never shot it i really have no experience with it and i i, I thought you guys did yeah i've, I've been shooting impossible project for probably about four years four or five years now um and they've definitely been a work in progress. I know that their first couple batches, like, you have to, to shield from the light immediately or it would just overexpose and you would get nothing. Um, Perfect. Yeah. But I think every 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 batch that they put out has been getting better and better and better. It is it – is, it was a little frustrating for in the beginning because it was expensive. Um, it's like – what like 26 bucks for eight shots or something like that so people were like i'm not that's like it's not gonna come out like <laughs> yeah that's you're getting into like sheet sheet film territory yeah, there. yeah 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 um but i th- i love it because the colors are really amazing and they're you know they definitely don't look like polaroid which is kind of a cool thing um i heard a while ago that because because edwin land patented pat put patents on everything that they couldn't actually just reproduce the old format so they had to basically come up with their own version of it um and that basically that why that was called the impossible project is because they they basically bought the last factory in sweden i believe and they were like we don't know it this might be impossible (laughs) so that's where they got their name that's an interesting question though if if it was if the patents were the issue did does anyone know if they purchased those patents or if they got the rights to that stuff uh with whatever acquisition went down last i heard no but i things can change i know i just heard uh that um impossible project bought those the remaining shares of polaroid i think we talked about this before but i believe that the people at impossible project joined forces in some some way with impossible shareholders uh what that means for the film going forward we don't know hopefully it means that those patents will be you know, let go of, and they'll be able to maybe not 
even if they do two versions, you know, do Impossible Project, what they got going on now, and they're able to, you know, bring back the classic format, I think people would go bananas for that. For sure. So Timothy, hopefully. do you have any experience with, uh, have you shot it? I mean, I, I, I literally have never even Oh, yeah. I'm a, I, you know, everything from going to uh, Urban Outfitters and spending $30 on one pack to, you know, actually realizing that it's a pretty decent film. And, I mean, when it first came out, it was terrible. You know, I have, yeah. I still have frames where the image just disappeared completely. Like Yeah, their, their, their first version of the black and white it would just it would disappear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you I, would it would be on the it, it, you would have the image and then I don't, you're supposed to like f- f- what were they supposed to do like put in some chemicals or something but the image would actually fade away to nothing. Yeah, yeah. Which was insane. Like I have a couple where it's just like the feet of the person that I took the picture of and yeah. you know to the point where uh, I started you could post that to Tumblr <laughs> and get a lot of shit. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> People love the weird stuff. But um you know, I still shoot it. I have, I, I think I have about three or four packs of the black and white film in my fridge. I always have like an SX-70 with me in my bag because it just folds up super nice. And I, I love Impossible Project. I feel like... They're like, getting better. Yeah, like what Chris said, you know, each each new batch is is definitely a lot better than the last. And I just recently I just recently shot their most recent beta version and I was literally blown away of how much better. Yeah, because I saw the, your video. Also, on Eric, that. Yeah. W- the um the the if you don't know this Eric, the, it takes 30 minutes to develop. So the first So it's it's not like the old Polaroid no, drunk at, at a party shaking it in front of your friends No, so you have to, to basically shield it from the light and it took 30 to 40 minutes in the the uh, first couple batches. Um, and now they've cut that time in half. It, it we came to to develop in like 15 minutes, and the colors were much more uh, clear. And it's hard to explain if you've never really shot it, but uh, no. Well, I mean, I was I was very disappointed when Fuji uh, discontinued their pack film, their instant film, because I I'd considered actually purchasing a. Uh, a Polaroid back for my RB67. It, mm-hmm. it was a reason to continue shooting the RB67. I thought, I'll grab a 90mm lens and a Polaroid back, and that could take some really, really cool instant pictures. You know, I thought it could be a neat gimmick at weddings. <laughs> you yeah. know, kind of a cool oh, yeah. thing yeah. to hand, hand those guys out. Yeah, yeah. And, and when they discontinued it, it was disappointing because there was a corporate vetted, high-quality instant products still being manufactured by a company that despite their their apparent hatred of the format still makes really high quality film you know so it was uh, it was really disappointing so if if impossible project could find a way to to you know at least come close to that i think that would be really exciting yeah what was really disappointing about the fuji is the black and white went first and then and then it was like what like maybe a year or so later when that the color went and it was like God, such a de- sad day for the film photography community. It was like, uh, no, <laughs> please no. Yeah, it's just sad <laughs> in general because you know, I mean, Fuji. While we're talking about this new resurgence of film and this kind of upswing, Fuji is the other hand. You know, mm-hmm. where it's like, if it were still profitable and if it were still making sense to them, like on a financial level, you'd imagine that they'd fight at least a little bit to right. maintain it and it seems like they're they're willing to jump ship immediately whereas like kodak though seems to uh, you know whatever whoever owns kodak at this point their film division uh has said basically we're making money it's still profitable you just had to kind of 
you know, real, you know, rail it in, uh, reel it in a little bit, narrow it down, you know, cater to a smaller audience, but they're they're still turning a profit apparently. So, you know, without knowing, it's tough to say. You know, without being like privy to the financials of those companies, it's tough to say exactly what any of this means. But it's interesting to talk. Well, that's about. what I was thinking yeah. with the pack <laughs> film. With the pack film, you know, just to take like a, a greater step back into the big scheme of film shooters, like. It, that's barely anybody shooting pack film. So I, I kind of understand right. why they just like destroyed the mold on that whole thing. Because, yes, there might be a couple hundred or thousand of us that love pack film and wish it was still here. But dollar signs, man, they, they definitely speak for the giant corporate. I mean, Fuji, though, they have a new Instax out now. I mean, it's a square format Instax. They still do their Instax wides and littles and like. That's that's basically Polaroid to me. I think we also call yeah. Instax cameras Polaroids. So um, they're cool. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, they're fun. I mean, I I carry my big one around every once in a while, and I, I definitely would like to check out the square format. It would be cool if they would make like Polaroid film. You know, like the actual size of Polaroid film. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have the means to do it. Like, I don't get why they just don't. You know, help us out a little. The bit. big thing about I. I would like would be something that's an instant, you know, like like something that's the equivalent of an RB67 with a Polaroid back. Something yeah. where you're getting instant film yeah. with high quality optics, if that makes sense. You know, where you can get things like narrow depth of field. You can get exciting, you know, interesting photos and then present them in that kind of instant format. That's exciting to me. That would be really cool. Um, and 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 I, it, it's a little sad, you know, I, but I feel like there's got to be some answer to that. In Hopefully, the future. I mean, I know there's not. there's like companies looking into it. I forget the names of the ones that are, but I mean, I definitely think. I don't know. I'm hoping. I'm hoping there'll be some sort of a resurgence in the future with that. When I first heard about them discontinuing the color film, I know that I can't think of his name. The guy who basically started Impossible Project. He took a meeting with them, and I don't know what you know. Obviously, what was said at that meeting. I don't know if he was like begging them not to, or like trying to figure out if he could somehow do the same sort of thing that he did with Impossible. Um, I know that that meeting happened. I just don't know what ever became of it. So hopefully it's something I think something they destroyed. <laughs> comes I think out they of destroyed it. the molds or the machines. I think it was like too late. I feel like they stopped production like years before they announced this from what I've either read that or heard that somewhere that basically they just like cut the production before they obviously announced that it was over. You know, they did about four years run and 2018 was the last of the color i think i i mean the only I, I i'm not even concerned about the molds i would just like to see them produce make a six by six film yeah just make a six by six polaroid film i'll go buy a hasselblad <laughs> or whatever and someone will come up with a back that can fit it you know what i mean like just make something that'll fit in a polaroid back right i don't care like make it six by six or six by four five or whatever you have to do and the 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 backs are out there i can go get one like that, that would be exciting, and I, you know, I know that that's probably a pipe dream, but that would be my, that would be my wish <laughs> if right. I could, if I could it's wish a, upon a star and have it granted by the film fairy. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, jumping a little bit, you know, in terms of, um, you know, film stocks or companies coming back, what do you guys make of Ektachrome? Do you have any thoughts on that? Like Kodak bringing back Ektachrome? Um, I'm super excited about it, only because when I, I was getting into shooting Super 8, um, that format, uh, eight, mil- 8 millimeter. Um, I was excited to shoot their revert- the Ektar reversal, and it just got discontinued right around the same time, so I never ended up getting to shoot it. So 
I hope it comes back. Because I, from what I've seen online, I love the look of that film. I can't wait to get my hands on yeah, it. Yeah, the tones. Just looking at the old school, the old school photographers, oh, man, just the tones on those images. You know, it's it's definitely a, a completely different look than you can get with anything now. I mean, I guess you can fake it in Lightroom with some sort of a plug-in or whatnot, but I'm definitely excited for it to come back. Do we have a date on when that's coming? Did anybody see? I know it was announced a while ago. I haven't really looked into it since. No, I mean, I, I did a video on it when it was announced and uh, looked up a bunch of old Ektachrome photos online. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I thought they looked good. I mean, I'm excited to shoot it. I think it presents a really cool alternative. Of course, I would love to see Kodachrome. I think everybody yeah. feels that way. Mm -hmm. you, you know, if at all possible, that would be the perfect... So go buy a lot of extra I was gonna say, and send this a is lot like, of letters to Kodak. <laughs> this is like our time to like prove them right, you know? Like, okay, I go, everybody go buy some and let's keep sharing it and shooting it and, be, and writing thank you letters. Be like, thank you, Kodak. You brought back something wonderful. We're all stoked. I think the... I think the Kodachrome is like a completely different chemical compound. I don't think that's like an E6. I know it is a slide. Film, no, it's but it's not. No, it requires its own special process. Yeah, that's what I it's thought. It's like a different thing. Oh, yeah. interesting. But it'd be worth it. I always, whenever I think of Kodachrome, and I, this might be like a big cliche, but I always think of that National Geographic photo of the Afghan girl. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, with the blue Steve eyes. Mm -hmm. That's like that. That's Kodachrome, right? Like that's yeah. it in a, like in a nutshell. Those colors and that tone, and it's amazing. So, you know, if at all possible, if you're listening, if if you're listening to this <laughs> podcast, Kodak, <laughs> come on, Kodak. Yeah, if you're Help listening to the first episode of Analog Talk, uh, please release Kodachrome for us to shoot because I've got pictures of waterfalls to take. <laughs> Did yeah. any of you guys get your hands on um, the Lumography uh, F two four hundred film? I'm going to defer to Timothy on this one. I did not. Is that new? I didn't even hear about that. Is that a new stock? So so that was kind of the same thing as um, Ferrania. It was, well, not really, but so Lomography um, bought the last batches of um, cinema film from Italian filmmakers in, I'm assuming Italy. Um, and they, what they, <laughs> what they did was they, uh, what they did was they, they aged it for seven years. Oh, so man. they aged it in, in oak, uh, cases like like you would wine and they waited seven years and then they just kind of released it in like a limited limited edition release and the the colors and the grain of that film is f like phenomenal i was like a crazy person <laughs> and bought it every time somebody was like we have some rolls on our store i was like bye 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 because <laughs> it's so it's, it's, it's no gone, longer available yeah i was just gonna it's ask gone. can you still get it oh nope. no well then what are you doing to me man yeah. I'm, hey, I'm just saying <laughs> They had the foresight to, like, companies like Lomography, I'm be getting more into because they have the foresight of stuff like that. And they're always, you know, pushing the envelope as far as putting out new film, making their own film, doing stuff like that. Um, and I don't know. I've like, never shot a single roll of Lomography film. Oh, Eric, I mean, I come should. on. This may be totally false and it could, it could be totally off base, but I kind of have this idea... That the films are that they release are either repackaged uh, other companies' films or are not necessarily like professional grade films. Right. And while I'm like open to shooting other stuff just for fun, I, you know, it, film is expensive enough for me that like I feel I, I want like a certain amount of consistency yeah. from the stuff I shoot, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, so I'd be open to it, you know, whenever people send me film and I get sent a surprisingly large amount of film actually in the mail 
Um, I'll go out and shoot it regardless of whatever it is. Uh, and I'm pretty open to trying different stuff. But as far as like Lomography, you know, if someone came to me and was like, hey, there's this new Lomography film and it's, you know, quality wise, it's going to rival like Portra or 400H or, you know, you know, something like that, but it's got this cool look to it. I'd be super psyched to take it out and shoot it. But, you know, as it stands for the cost, it's, you know, whatever. I, I, might, I, I might be totally off base, but that's, no, I, that's just kind of where I'm at. I'd be open to shooting it, though. I'd, you know, I'd be open to trying it yeah. out. I just uh, bought two rolls of their um, purple film, the Lumochrome. Oh, I love that it. purple film. It's the one. Is that the one that's supposed to look supposed like, to look like the, uh... infrared? Yeah. And this. Have you seen that photographer who uh, who took the infrared photos in the Congo? Have you guys ever seen that? No. I forgot his name. But apparently, so this new that they like what I said. They're always like making their films better. This is a new formula. So I didn't shoot it the first time around. When I did find out, find out about it, it was discontinued. So I was like, great, here's another one I missed out on. And they just released this new version of it. So I've got it in my um, Contacts G1 right now. And I'm super excited to see how it turns out. Yeah, you're going to love seen, it. Yeah, what I've seen. But see, that's the thing. It's like, it's I've never shot infrared film before or this stuff. So I'm like wondering, like, do the, the greens turn purple or is like the blue? Like, I'm, I'm so excited to see like the shift of what actually happens. I'm excited. Have you shot it, Timothy? Yeah, I shot it. I shot the first batch. I didn't. I didn't know there was a new formula. See, I'm not up to date on lamography. I just kind of roll with the stuff I know when it comes to them. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, yeah, it's. I mean, I. I don't know what. What turns what color exactly? But you definitely yeah. get like. You know, it's not every photo's a success with that. It, you kind of need like the elements to line up right and all that stuff, but. You know, you will get purple leaves or like a crazy purple sky. And, you know, that definitely fits somewhere. It's not for everyone. It's not for every project, but it's definitely fun to go do. You know, instead of like turning your picture purple in Lightroom, you actually have a friend that can do it. Yeah. And it is on the more expensive side. I think it was like yeah. 11 or 12 bucks a roll, right? Yeah. yeah. I think I got mine on Amazon for like 22 bucks or something. It was the last oh, roll. In that, the yeah. That was when it so. got discontinued, of course. Yeah. But I had to try it because I was going to do a review for my, my channel and I never ended up doing it. Yeah, you got to make videos to do that. I, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so the photographer that I was talking about, his name is Richard Moss, M-O-S-S-E, Moss or Mossy, Moss. Um, and he did a series of, uh, it was it was part of a film, but he did a series of photographs in the Congo, somehow went into like these war zones and took these photos on Kodak infrared film and it turns all the bright greens because the Congo is this like overwhelmingly green space and it turns them into these like purples and magentas and the skin tones stay pretty consistent throughout though so it's super super surreal so the people's like faces and skin look like normal and yet the 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 greens and the leaves and the trees and everything around them are this kind of like magenta purple uh alternate universe and it's really affecting and really weird and really cool so check those out um i don't know if lomography can come anywhere close to that but 
Um, if they could, that would be for a long time. So I saw this story like four years ago or three years ago, and I went looking trying to buy infrared film. And then it like it's it's gone. Like you can get it on eBay for outrageous prices. But it dawned on me, like, what am I gonna do with it? Am I gonna go to the Congo yeah. and photograph like <laughs> orphans of this like conflict? No, I'm gonna drive around Saratoga yep. Springs and take photos of like homeless people. Like it's the worst <laughs> idea in the world. Like so, you know, it's it's okay that I didn't get it. Yeah. But like this guy did, and it's good that he did because his photos are mind blowing. So everyone anyone listening or anyone involved in this chat go uh, go check them out it's really really cool nice i know um the film photography project i think they have an infrared film out now yeah i was just gonna say that it's 20 it's it's like 20 bucks right yeah it is it's expensive and the thing about uh, 35 millimeter is that right yeah the thing about that is like it has to be like processed differently or handled differently right timothy i think that's what i read they're like be careful you have to like oh i don't know know. i i haven't gotten that far with their stuff i have a role of it actually uh a viewer sent me a bunch of film photography project film oh nice nice so i i haven't touched any of it yeah that's a video right there buddy no i'm gonna go through all of them i want to do them one i haven't he sent me a roll of film that's like a i want to say it's like a two iso it's like super super slow speed uh 35 millimeter film i looked it up to try and figure out like what the purpose of that would be and it I got some bizarre, defi- like some sort of entry about it being for like motion picture film testing purposes or something. Wow. Oh, wow. But you basically go out in daylight and expose it for like five minutes. So I'm I'm interested to like to try yeah, that. Yeah, that's wild. And so yeah, he sent me a bunch of cool stuff. I think I, I want to say it was Gregory McRae who who's been listening to the channel for a long time. So nice. Anyway, good shout out. Cool. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I Eric, I did check out the uh, Intrepid camera. Oh yeah, sick. I'm gonna buy one of those. I'm I was like, well, I was like, I, when I was looking, I was like, this is right up Eric's alley. Holy cow! Yeah, it's like what? 300 bucks. Yeah, yeah I need to get cheap. one too. Yeah, 300 dollars. The only downside that I can see conceivably is that it doesn't have rear movements on it, oh. and I'd need to buy uh, lens mounts from them. But their lens mounts are like 20 dollars, and um, you know, my the alternative to that would be. If I were going to buy a wooden field camera that I could pack up and hike with, I would buy like a Zone 6 or a, um, uh, you know, I don't know, a Shenhao, something like mm-hmm. that. You're looking at like $700, $800 for a used one, a Wista, um, a Wisner, something like that. And I don't really want to spend seven or 800 bucks. No. So if I could do it with the lens mounts and everything for 400 you know, ish for everything, I'd be psyched. I haven't shot 4x5 since photography school and... 2004 and those things were heavy the 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 (laughs) major selling selling point for these guys was it's like it's super light and i was like dang well you were shooting like monorail right like yeah like studio cameras yeah the big four by fives yeah yeah so i mean like the four by five i use right now is a crown graphic it's just like a press camera so it's you can fiddle with it to kind of fake movements you can certainly get front movements out of it but it's not easy um but it, it's metal and leather and everything. It's ungainly and it's not really designed as a field camera. It's designed sort of as like a range, like it was like a press camera where you would eyeball the distance and adjust it accordingly and then handhold it and take photos. It's not really viable. So I removed like the handholding mechanism to put, you know, professional lenses on there, which is fine, but I would like something made of wood. I'd like something light. I'd like something yeah, that same, looks same cooler. <laughs> And for, you know, whatever it is, like 250 euros or, or whatever, it's it's pretty... Oh, Which no, it's, like so it's, two, it's 
280 US. Uh, it it works out to like Man, 320 dollars US. Yeah. Whatever, whatever that is it nothing. No, no, it's good. And and um and you can pick the the color of the bellows. <laughs> yeah, I saw oh, yeah. that. Yeah. You can get like blue, red, or green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm 100 on board with it. I'm I'm excited to get one. There, I think there's about a six week turnaround time uh, from ordering it to receiving it. But Alan Brock ah. uh, did a video on his. And was really pleased with it. And he, he hasn't sold his Shen Hao yet. He said he was going to. And I said I would buy it. I think, <laughs> then he never did. I think Ben Horn was involved with them too, from what I saw. I think he he was doing how-to videos on their website. Was he? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, I didn't. Really? I guess the big question is, like, what do you guys think this means? Like, do you, do you see a potential for, like, new brands to arise, new film stocks? I mean, is that something that that makes sense for like the R&D to be poured in something like that I mean I sure as hell hope so um because I'll buy it <laughs> I, you know yeah, what I mean like, 100% absolutely every time there's a kickstarter for for new new camera or anything like that it's just it's just I get so excited because it's like for me it I, I know I'm not the only one who's this you know passionate about film photography and I hope that these big corporations realize this and put their money back into it whether it be Co- whether it be Kodak or Fuji or whoever is some other, you know, like these guys in Italy. I think that's amazing what they're trying to do, regardless regardless of how long it takes. Yeah, I, so I I think the the single biggest thing I, that we could all agree on is um, go buy Ectochrome yes. when it comes out. Yeah. Buy the no, Ferrania please. film when it's available. You know, if 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 this is something you care about and something you'd like to see, and you, you, we need to incentivize it. So go and make this a viable business venture, right? Absolutely. You got it. So let's move on to uh, the listener photo challenge. Uh, Christine, why don't, you, why don't you tell us what this is all about? All right, guys. So this is kind of my idea. Um, one of the reasons why I wanted to start this podcast is because I love the interaction with the film photography community. So I came up with uh, every week we're going to try and do uh, listener uh, photo challenges. So there is a Flickr group uh, set up. It is Analog Talk on Flickr, uh, Analog Talk podcast on Flickr. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to challenge you guys, whether it's stuff you've already shot or if you wanted to you know, go out and start shooting, whatever the challenge may be. This week, we're going to try and do your favorite black and white photo. So your favorite, favorite black and white photo, throw it up on our Flickr group and just basically tell us what you shot, uh, what you shot it with, the film stock, and what we're going to try and do is we're going to talk about it on the podcast. We're also going to share it out on our Instagram, and there is a Analog Talk podcast web, uh, website in the works that we're also going to share that stuff on there as well. Yeah, sounds good. So, yes, this week, <laughs> your, your favorite black and white image. So remember to tag your camera that you use, the film stock, and yeah. What's your favorite black and white image nice. that you guys have taken? You know, I, I was just thinking oh, I man. don't shoot that much black and white. And I, it's a shame. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, it's really hard for me because I pretty much only shoot black and white. Like, I will See? do a little bit of color. So, um, but, God, I, I couldn't even, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to go through and, and find I'm one. I'm going to add a couple of my favorites to the to the group so you guys will see. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'll do the same. I'll do the same. My two favorite photos I've ever taken were on black and white film, and both are of my dad, weirdly enough. Aww. I don't know, but uh, both on T-Max, and uh, yeah, like I never want to shoot black and white. It never seems appealing to me, and then when I do shoot it, 
I get those photos back, and for whatever reason, they're more impactful mm-hmm. than the color ones. Right. I, I can't. Yeah, they're dumb. black and white is so dramatic, man. It has a sort of a transformative uh, aspect to it that I think color doesn't. Where it's like, you're, yeah, it's a photo of something, but it's presented in a way that's different from the way we per- like perceive it day to day, and that kind of yeah. like it creates, you know, I, like I like to say, the best of photography is something that's you know simultaneously like documentary and transformative so you're you're recording a moment but you're also creating kind of a new moment a, a new thing and i i think that black and white does that you know like that infrared film does like things that change that shift it a, just enough that it creates something unique and kind of startling and black and white's the best way to, to get at that i think so yeah it's exciting nice. i'm interested to see what uh what people come up with and christine you're going to be in charge of picking the very best and <laughs> getting rid of all the rest right <laughs> no pressure <laughs> We're gonna have a special section for the photo that we hated the most. No, at the end of- <laughs> that is not gonna be a thing, you guys. It's not a thing. <laughs> the worst photo submitted to us. Christine's gonna call it out and tell everyone how bad oh, it is, God. and then give away your address and phone number. That's terrible. Oh no. Oh no. So, moving on. Uh, Listener question. Uh, This is something that I posted just out of honest inquiry on my Twitter recently. I want to know, what do you like better, Portra 400 or Fuji 400H? I understand that you guys probably have more experience with Portra, but if you have experience with both films, which do you prefer? And, uh, and and why yeah and without offering your opinions guys on, on what you prefer um, do you guys have any experience with those two films yeah Timothy and I were just chatting a little bit uh, before we started I was thinking I really rarely shoot Fuji 400 um, I just because I love yeah, por- portrait 400 so much so I was thinking I gotta go out and shoot a roll of Fuji just to really do like a side-by-side comparison. I know what I like more about Portra just in general is the warmer tones. Um, I feel like Fuji is a little cooler. Am I correct? Do you guys feel that way too? No, yeah. I always feel like it has like a bluish green yeah. cast to everything. Yeah, the Portra to me is just that pastel color that I adore. So that's even just in my personal work in general, that's mostly what I shoot. I just, I'm just now starting to get into like the ect- uh, Ektar and stuff like that. Um, but I'm a portrait girl for sure. So without without giving opinions, on <sighs> it's kind of hard. <laughs> you're you're skewing vote the portrait. vote already. This is destroying should, our, we, our very we first podcast, and we like send like it into little, anarchy. On, <laughs> we, we could put a survey on the on the website when it's all done. Like, oh yeah, that might be Good cool. Call. Yeah the the uh, the opinions presented herein do not necessarily reflect Eric Wallstrom <laughs> Same. Uh, of Eric Wallstrom Inc. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So that 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 is gonna wrap up our very first episode yeah. of Analog Talk, the podcast. How do you guys? How do you, yeah, how, I feel pretty how do you feel good. about how do you feel about it? How good, do you feel? Uh, What's in your heart? Talk, discussion. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was great. I'm really excited to do more. I'm really excited to uh, to grow together, guys, both as people and as you know spiritual beings. I'm excited to uh, to grow the podcast together. So um, why don't we all just like plug our various things, uh, starting with you, Timothy? <laughs> pl- plug all right, you, here we go. Plug um, no, um, you can find me on Instagram at Timothy Makeups. Same with Twitter at Timothy Makeups. YouTube's a little different. You got to search my name. That's Timothy Ditzler, which. Uh, D-I-T-Z-L-E-R. You can find me on there. Um, I don't really do Facebook. I 
what are you working on right now? You working on anything in, like, uh, yeah, in particular that you want to shout out or talk about? book coming out, uh, Staycation. It was shot uh, during a week and a half vacation that I took while my family was in Nashville. And, you know, it's just all black and white city kind of portraits-ish, kind of taken from the view of, you know, not really going out and taking a vacation, what you see when you're home and you have off kind of thing. Um, the second thing I got going on is I'm starting a film photography lab. Uh, going to be developing film for a couple people around here to start and then possibly branching out. Maybe you guys, if you need some film developed on a... So excited for you for that, quickness. Timothy. But, uh, That's so awesome. Yeah, I just... Uh, um, other than that, man, I'm just, you know, chilling, shooting pictures, having fun. How about you, Christine? What are you working on, and how can everyone find you if they need to? Let's see. I'm working on this podcast. <laughs> That's one thing we got going on. Why don't you tell us all about uh, that? Also, what kind I, of podcast is this? Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with film photography, <laughs> but I'm super into that, so I think we might talk about that sometime. I have no idea. <laughs> I realize people still um, did that. Isn't that a funny question? People are like, Dude, on a side people, note. People are always like, wait, you could still buy film? I'm like, oh my god, yes. Yeah. Oh, I get that. I get that all the time. See, that goes to show we need to we need to spread the word with <laughs> exactly. Film. Um, another little project I do have going on. It's called the Traveling Film Camera. Um, so what it is is uh, I took one of the um, Stylus Epic Zoom cameras that I found in a thrift store, and I've been sending it to people, friends of mine who have been traveling. So these are people who've never shot. Most of them haven't shot film in forever or never at all. And I just send them with a roll of 36 exposure Kodak film and develop their results and share them on the Instagram. And I also have a website for that. Traveling film camera. Traveling film camera. That's the Instagram. And how do people find you, the rest of your work, if they want to? Um, On YouTube, I'm at Crispy Photo. Or on Instagram, at Crispy Photo. Same as YouTube. That's Crispy Photo. Not Crispy Photo. Correct. <laughs> crispy. Yes, crispy. I'm gonna photo. immediately go search for crispy photo and see what it is. <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sure it's great. And then I also have an, a separate a separate Instagram for my where I just share my film photography, and that's my full name, Christine Bartolucci. So, and that's that's it. Awesome. And I am nice. uh, I'm I'm Eric Wallstrom. I'm uh, uh, it's, it's E-R-I-K-W-A-H-L-S-T-R-O-M, spelled the most Swedish way you can possibly put that, those two names together. Uh, you can find me on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, you can find me, uh, you know, by my name, you can find me on Instagram and uh, Twitter at uh, Eddie Dubs with two Bs. You can, uh, I'm, I'm a social media maven. I'm all over the map. Uh, <laughs> oh, really yeah, I'm a, tr- uh, I'm an iconoclast. But really, I'm, I'm mostly Instagram and, uh, and YouTube. Uh, and currently, I'm working on a couple of things, mostly YouTube related. But you can always kind of get hints on and, and teasers on what I'm going to be posting soon on my Instagram account. So like it's Eddie Dubs Two Bs. Check it out. Stop by. Say hi. You know. Uh, let me know what beer you're drinking. Uh, Dogfish. Uh, Dogfish Head. Sixty Minute IPA today. Delicious. Nice. Love the sixty minute. Man, did you try the flesh and blood yet? The dogfish flesh and blood? I have not. I, I, this is the first beer I had since I got back from Portland because I was up in Portland, Maine for a week on vacation. And it's fun fact, it is the microbrew capital of the United States. It has most microbrews and, and breweries of uh, any city per capita in the U.S. Wow, I did so, not know that. Yeah, nice. we hit we hit a few. I was at, <laughs> I was at Allagash. <laughs> I was at Oxbow. I was... We were all over the place, so I'm. I, I took a little bit of a breather from the uh, from the beers for a minute and 
tried to replace him with running and stuff, but uh, I'm I'm back on. So yeah. <laughs> Back on the juice. <laughs> so thank you guys so much for doing this. I'm excited to to move forward and do some more and kind of kind of uh, improve these as we go along. So uh, yeah, 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 awesome. I just want to let our listeners know that we do have an email address <laughs> where you can send us questions. We forgot to mention that earlier. It's uh, analog talk podcast at gmail.com. So send your questions and answers to our questions right over there. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I am Eric. I'm Chris. And I'm Tim. And uh, thank you guys for listening. We will see you soon. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye.